It's February 19th, and this is the Cream City Pacers Weekly Rundown. Welcome back to our uh, post-Valentine's Day episode. Hope everyone out there got to enjoy a heart-shaped pizza and a beautiful run on another frigid Wisconsin weekend. As always, I'm your host, Alex Main, and I'm joined by my co-host, Apostoli Everniatis. We are here to bring you inspiring stories and talk to the Pacers who are making an impact, whether that's professional athletes, political figures, CEOs, authors, and running leaders. Apostoli... And everyone listening, you guys, the weather has finally warmed up after this like deep freeze for like three weeks. My hands are finally thawed out. It's crazy. What do you, as somebody that just got here from California, what are you talking about? It is 15 degrees out as we speak. It, just the fact that it's warmer is not warm. You're lowering, you're, you're, you're lowering your standards quite a bit here, Alex. Yeah, dude, all <laughs> this whole entire weekend, we're going to be in the 20s, and that feels high of 24, 31, 35. I mean, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful I thing. Think, I think that's why people in the Midwest and Wisconsin and Milwaukee in general are so nice. It's because you you just appreciate the small things, appreciate this 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 rise in temperature. Um, I love it. You, there's right. and, uh, and maybe and maybe that's also why we have uh, so many bars per capita under non-COVID times, of course. But uh, right, it's it's because it's so damn cold. Warm, warm yourself up with a <laughs> with a cold one and uh, be with your buddies. You still this, do that in, in a lot of parts of Wisconsin, by the way. There's with uh, no restrictions. There's a funny. <laughs> There's a funny meme account called uh, Oh You Betcha, and it's this guy from Wisconsin, and he posted a really funny video this week, and it's uh, it's titled People in the Midwest Right Now, and he's standing outside. He's like, you know, if it wasn't for the wind, it wouldn't be so cold out. <laughs> and do you know how many times I've like run and like I come back, I'm like, you know what, Christina, if it wasn't for that headwind, it wouldn't be so bad right now. <laughs> yeah. It wouldn't. You hate it when people point out how unoriginal you are. Yeah, uh, it's funny, or just like you never. You just, you don't think about it till someone calls it out. Anyways, <clears throat> you guys, we have an amazing guest for you this week. We have Lucas Florsheim. He is an NCAA collegiate athlete, and he is the 2019 WIAA cross-country state champion. And as you will shortly find out, we're going to talk about it. He has bleached hair. Yes. Epic. Epic bleached hair. Epic bleach hair. We'll have to talk about it because uh, I think it's pretty. He looks pretty slick in some of his uh, some of his recent race photos. So I think it's pretty cool. But no, Lucas. Uh, <clears throat> Lucas was recommended by a fan of the pod, listener of the pod, Dominic Newman, uh, head coach at uh, Shorewood High School. Um, Dominic coached Lucas during his uh, in his entire high school career, but helped him win his state championship in 2019. So. Dom, thanks for the recommendation. Super excited to talk to Lucas. You're an awesome guy. Um, and this should be a lot of fun. Um, we haven't had a collegiate athlete like on our show yet. So this is this is uh this should be fun. Well, we yeah, while they're while they are a collegiate athlete, yes. We've Correct. had Tania Tania who was and she's a Hall of Famer, but yeah, you're right. And that'll be exciting. Can't wait. Yeah, how's uh have you got a run in since you've been back in Wisconsin this week? Yes, I did. I got a run the first night I got back. I said, this is it. I got to get points for my team. And since then, it is just too cold. <laughs> Sorry, team. No, no, that's not the reason. It's the reason is that I've been sleeping. I I'm, when I get back to work, when I get back to into town, I I have a lot of things to catch up on. So, I sleep about anywhere between 3 to uh six hours maximum so that's part of the reason i don't have much much time excuses excuses alex will say but tis the truth yeah how about but, you oh just hit day 60 on monday for the run streak <laughs> so 
It's been going Let's good. See. We'll be at day 70 next week. It comes quick. Those round Just numbers. For those that cannot do math or that don't know, Alex's minimum is three miles a day. Right now. And he is not one to only do the bare minimum. He does a lot more. Uh, so even at the bare minimum, three times 60, get your calculators out. You don't have to. I'll tell you, 180, 180 miles minimum in the past 60 days. But Alex, could you tell us how many miles you have run in the past 60 days? I, I don't know because I started in December. So like all my calculations show 2021. So I'm not a one to go figure out how many days in December. But I tell you what, it's three miles a day. And if I do more, I do more. But I can't do less. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like I like to think that you're at about 240 right now. 240. Well, let's see here. I'm at 215 for the year. So, add, how many? Yep. Yeah, yeah, math isn't happening right now for me. You like you're really pushing me to figure out this number and like yeah, I'm going to have close. to so we're going to have to pause. For you. I have to pa- hit pause. I'm gonna have no, to do no, some no, math. No, no editing this week. This is gonna. This is a live show. No editing. <laughs> no backsies. <laughs> no backsies. All right. Anyways, um, yeah, I'm glad you're back in Wisconsin. You got some runs in. Let me tell you what, dude. <clears throat> from your one day layering up has been so crazy. I've been over layering. So on my runs, like no joke, the other day it felt like. <clears throat> I think if it was like uh, two degrees, felt like negative ten, and I was I was overdressed. So like, usually as a runner, you try to underdress because you know you're going to be sweaty, but it's like in the cold. I don't know. What do you expect? Like, I don't want to be cold out there. So I was wearing like long johns with my, with my like winter running pants and then like two long sleeve thermals and a hoodie and then like two buffs and a hat. It was just like, it was overkill. And after like the first mile, I was just like profusely sweating, but felt good. Well, you're going to sweat no matter what. I don't think the, the cold prevents you from sweating. It's just, right? You want to sweat. Perspiration, when, well, you, when you're at that, that high just... level of activity, you, you want to perspire, no? Uh, but did that. you feel I'm hot? A... Did you actually feel hot? Yeah, felt... like I was saying, I was like overheating, which is it's pretty funny. That is pretty so funny. Cold. Just hilarious run, stuff here on the Cream City hard, Pacers podcast. Alex, I just... Not even negative 10 degrees can cool you down, sir. You're... Yeah. you're yeah, you're too hot, buddy. I'm just yeah. on fire with this run streak. Ha 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 ha. Hey, speaking of uh, uh, this, uh, speaking of whatever, of last week's guest, Mary, mm-hmm. uh, she just dropped the news that she got an email this week from the MKE Marathon that it has been postponed to October. And uh, she uh, posted this on the Badgerland Strider page, letting everybody know. <laughs> and there's the like. The feud continues. <laughs> there's like 40 comments. People are like. Uh, what what do you mean there's already a race in october what are we gonna do people are just all over the place and mary's just here responding to everyone say it's gonna be okay it's really funny uh, P- peter fanning what? put a gif of somebody saying remain calm all is well but <laughs> I mean, there's enough room for everybody but you know what you know what it does alex and i'm kind of glad it brings excitement in the running world of milwaukee it's something to talk about and as we've said, there's not much to talk about. There's no races. There's no excitement anymore. So here it is. There's two marathons, two Milwaukee marathons in October again. And yeah, we'll see. Well, it should be exciting. I'm signing up for Lakefront. I didn't sign up for Milwaukee because I knew it wasn't going to happen. Because um, April, I mean, April was way too early for that. But uh, speaking of Mary, if I can, if we can say something, a little update to last week's, an amendment to last week's episode, Mary turned around, and Mary's like me and Alex. We don't like to be put on the spot about answers to questions we've never heard before or picking one thing out of hundreds of things that we could pick, such as, what is your favorite pre-raised pump-up song? So we asked her, and she said, you know, I don't really have one, and probably that would be my answer to it, and Alex's um, you know, would, would differ every hour. Uh, so she said, I don't have one. But then she turned around and she said, you know what? I just remembered. She sent us an email, said, I actually love this song. And anytime I hear it, it gets me very pumped up. And I do listen to it here and there on on, on, on race starting lines. And it is, Alex, all the things that I've done by the killers. 
Yeah, I didn't want to take that from you. You'd had that whole lead up. Yeah, it's a good song. That that album, I have related that album to my my freshman year of uh, college. It was very very fun times. It was a good tell, album. I'll tell you what. If you go, I'm a huge Killers fan. If for anyone, if you anyone out there that's a Killers fan, you might struggle with this too. If you ask me which album of theirs is my favorite, it is hard to tell you an answer because if you go through and look through their discography, it is so good. Discography? That doesn't sound right. What's the discography. word for that? This Discography. You're discography. missing a letter. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, one It's a le- Greek word. <laughs> well, then thanks for having my back, Mr. Greek. But let mm-hmm. me tell you what, so many good albums. Sam's Town, Hot Fuss, it's just it's so good. They're so good. I love it all. But uh, I don't want to take away from uh, this week's answer because I'm excited to find out what it's going to be. Speaking of that, let's let's bring Lucas in and uh, get this going. Today we are joined by Lucas Florsheim, the 2019 WIA State Cross Country Champion and Collegiate Athlete. Lucas, welcome to the Cream City Pacers podcast. Thanks for having me, guys. Super excited for this. We're super excited to have you. Before we jump into it, uh, for all our listeners at home, Lucas is rocking a sweet bleach, bleached, uh, I guess, haircut, but it looks pretty yeah. sweet. Is this a new style? Yeah, yeah. I um, I guess it's about two weeks old now, and uh, me and one of my roommates and uh, actually my main training partner uh, both decided to bleach our hair. Just kind of a spontaneous decision. Dude, it looks fresh. I bet you you're way faster. So yep. I, um, uh, you're going to, we're going to call you the police, by the way. I don't know if you're, you might be too young to know the police as a band, yeah. but back in the eighties, they, they all bleached their hair. Uh, uh I love I'll it. have to check them the out. <laughs> Dude, that means we're getting old, obviously. Hey, the police, they're a great band. But speaking of bleach hair, I've been looking for a new do. I have a man bun and spent a few years. And the other day I was like, Hey, I kind of want to bleach my hair. And this is before I knew you had bleached hair. And I went to my wife, Christina, and I was like, Christina, I'm thinking a new haircut and I want to bleach my hair. And she goes, Alex, you're 31 years old. You can't bleach your hair. Or if you do, you can't live in our house. And I'm like, oh, shut down. So um, now that I have some uh, inspiration, uh, I might have to might have to show her that, hey, Lucas has his hair bleached. So can I? Yeah. But we'll, yeah, I, think we'll... it'd be a, I think it'd be a good look for you for sure. I appreciate it. So you actually are hot off a, a weekend of racing. Um, give us mm-hmm. a little bit, a little quick update on where you were racing and uh, how your race went. Yeah, so I was racing in Lynchburg, Virginia, uh, which is where Liberty University is. And that's where the race was held at a indoor uh, venue, 200 meter bank track, brand new, finished, finished being built in 2017. So that was super fun to get to run on. And um yeah, I raced the 5K on Friday, and I actually won the event, which was super, super fun. And I ran a PR of 14.46, debut 5K in college. So I was actually really psyched about it. Dude, congratulations. That's insane. Look at this. Breaking news on a podcast right here. Lucas with a new PR. How did, uh, how did it feel after you crossed the finish line? It felt good. I mean, it was a little bit weird to run a 5K on a 200-meter track. Like, that's a lot of turning. Um, <laughs> but uh, it was, it was, it felt good. It felt good to just, like, it was my second race back, um, really, since the pandemic. My second real race back. I raced a 3K a, co- uh, a couple weekends ago. Um, but that was an outdoor meet, so it was fun. And I think the 5K will be my event, so it was fun to get to take a stab at the 5K and set a time to start working off. Dude, that's nice. Did you, um, so it's obviously a short course where, was there a lot of lead changes? Did you kind of have it the whole time? What did that look like? Um, yeah, so I, uh, I was feeling good pretty much from the gun and, and there was a few guys there, uh, for mo- for like the first half of the race and I was kind of working off of them, but then I had the lead for, uh, uh, pretty much the entire second half of the race. Um, there was a couple guys who were supposed to be faster than me in the race, but they ended up scratching and doing, going to the 3K, which was the next day. So that was a little bit of a bummer just because I think maybe I could have ran a little faster if the field was faster, but it was it was like, I'm not going to lie, it was like a really cool experience to get that win. So still happy with that. Nice. Yeah, that's awesome. How uh, did you get, did you get a medal? 
No, but um, the the official actually gave me the shell from the starting gun, which was kind of cool. I wasn't expecting that. The only the only other time I've gotten that is uh, at the state cross country meet, uh, my senior year. So, dude, that's cool. I don't even know what yeah. that looks like. What is it's yeah. just like the cap from the from the snapper? Yeah, it it's like I guess I guess they fire a, a little. Or no, obviously, no bullet is shot, but there's like a little shell that pops out of the gun when they uh, when the noise is made. And uh, yeah, he gave that to me. Dude, that's cool. That's almost better. It's so unique. Yeah, it is cool. So let's take this back a few years ago to high school. So you ran at Shorewood High, which uh, mm-hmm. which is right down the street. I'm up in Whitefish Bay, so we're like. Are Whitefish Bay and Sherwood rivals when it comes to this stuff? Or like, uh, what's... I'd say I'd say so. We're not in the same conference, and they're always uh, like a little bit. Uh, re- recently, they've been a little bit better than us. They're a Division One school, we're a Division Two school. But um, I'd say like Bay Shorewood, like from a kid's standpoint, like there's a little bit of a rivalry there. So any sport, so any sports, uh, you know, event, there's a little bit of there's a little bit of history, a little bit of a rivalry going on. I'd say. Do you guys? uh compete at all during the year because you're in different conferences uh, yeah we do so there's um i say we see them like if we have if we have 11 races in a year we probably see them twice during the regular season so there, there's uh there's some competition every year nice nice well today i'll be team shorewood but once we Let's hang go. up i'm back to team whitefish bay <laughs> fair enough fair enough I, it's always funny to see you guys like running on the trail, whether it's like you, the girls, Whitefish Bay, whoever, like, cause you guys are mm-hmm. just so fast and like are dominant and you guys run in packs and it's always like intimidating when you guys run by me. So, um, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, so you won, you were a state champ 2019, which is pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. So that was your senior year, right? Yeah, it was. So tell us a little bit about like, I mean, obviously it had to feel cool, but like leading up like your sophomore junior year did you like did you know that winning state was going to be like that was a goal of yours or or kind of give us a little bit of a background on how you got there and for you yeah yeah so um I was like kind of uh I didn't know I was going to run in high school I actually like kind of wanted to be a volleyball player and then my best friend uh ran cross country and like I started to go to like the summer running I'm sure you guys see the kids running around in the summer that's like a big thing for Shorewood and for Bay. Um, and I started going to that just because it was like a social thing. And I, I liked obviously hanging out with my best friend. Uh, There's like all these cool older high school kids. And I thought that was like a fun thing to do. So I started going to summer running and I ended up like running three, three to four days a week. So I wasn't going every day, but I was having a lot of fun. And then like, I just decided I'm going to give cross country a shot. Like, why not? I like these guys. And um, I had a good freshman year. I, I actually ended up making varsity by the end of the season um and i got to race at the state meet as a freshman which was really cool i think i was the sixth of of the seven runners so i wasn't anywhere near the front but that was just a really cool experience and then uh sophomore year i was getting like progressively better i think i dropped 30 seconds off my 5k um but i I had no idea like what my long-term goals were at that point and then i kind of had like a mediocre sophomore track season and that's when i like started to talk to dom about like you know, getting serious about some goals and like trying to achieve something. And uh, I, I like, I decided I wanted to podium my junior year in cross country, which is top 10. So I ended up doing that. I was eighth, my junior year in cross country. Um, And then I guess like the next, the next natural progression was like, I was the top returner. So all, all seven guys in front of me were seniors. So I was like, I guess like the next logical goal would be to win the state championship. So that's what we like. So since I guess since junior cross country season, that's kind of that was kind of the goal with uh, me and Dom trying to figure that out. So if we're talking logic here, because we're really good with logic on the show is if those seven guys are gone, you're technically the best runner in the state then. Um, Yeah. So that seems like a lot of pressure on you going into your senior year of high school. Did you feel like that pressure was there when you were, you know, training in the summer and getting ready for everything? Um, I'd say like, I definitely like, I I set expectations for myself. So I don't think I would have been happy if I was second place, um, at, in the state my senior year, just because like you said, I, I was, I was the top returner. So I had that in my mind, 
But I think it was also kind of like a good fuel to uh, as a good a good motivator. So over the summer, it wasn't like I was training super super hard up until that point. So I was able to like slowly ramp my training up, um, and I was feeling pretty good about like where I was at going into senior year. So I'd say there was a little bit of pressure, but I feel like it was mostly like my own expectations uh, for what I could do. I guess. Nice. I like that. Look, that's, yeah, that can be tough to do, you know, giving yourself your own expectations of what you want and obviously help having guidance from, you know, probably your family and obviously Dom uh, yeah. is great. So, oh, that's pretty cool. So how did like your season go leading up to, to state? Like, did you, would you have a strong entire season? What did that look like? Yeah. Yeah. So I had like a really good season. Um, I I ran pretty fast. Like I ran my PR for the season, not the postseason. I ended up running my uh, my PR for the season in a postseason race at uh, Nike Cross Regionals, which is in South Dakota. But I I ran um, fifteen fifty for the five k and cross in my second race, and that was like a whoa like moment. Like I didn't know I could do that, um, and that was like kind of like my <laughs> end of the season goal. And I did that right away, like uh, in the second meet. Um, so I was like, that felt really good. And then I just kind of kept winning races. I only lost like a, a couple races my senior year. So like, I like, especially going into state, like I won, um, I won a bitty, uh, pretty big meet against like, uh, the second ranked guy in the state, um, like leading up to the state championship. So I was feeling good about that. And then I, I won a conference and sectionals. So then I was just feeling, I was feeling pretty confident going into, uh, the state championship. Nice. Who is the guy, the guy you beat who's second? Where was he from? Uh, his name's Zach Slevin and he's from, uh, lacrosse. Nice. So he went to lacrosse Logan. Yeah. Other side of the state, other side of the state. Funny. Yeah. So state I've heard, I haven't been to state, but I heard it's a very challenging course. Um, it's up in Wisconsin Rapids. What, (laughs) what makes it so challenging? What makes it so challenging? And how, how did you approach that, that race? Yeah, um, I'd say what makes it so challenging is, um, I mean, you know, Wisconsin, there's not a lot of hills around Wisconsin. It's it's relatively flat running. Um, so I think like it's a pretty unique uh, course because there is a lot of elevation gain and elevation loss. It's kind of like you got like a um, couple really steep hills at mile one. And then on the, the toughest part of the course um, is like the last like mile or so. And there's a a section that like people call the roller coasters, which is essentially like just little rolling hills. Um, and it's like really disruptive to like your cadence and like everything. So it's kind of like a legendary part of the course. Um, in the fact that it's very tough to like keep your pace there. Um, so I was planning big for that part and, um, I actually leaned really heavily on, um, one of our alumni, Peter Drews, uh, who was on like one of those Shorewood state championship teams, you know, 10 years ago and he kind of like helped me plan a strategy for uh for taking care of that part of the course so that was actually a pretty cool thing to be able to do oh that is that's sweet you get some alumni help to you know show the young gun uh what to do what what do you do in that situation like at this point in the race is is it a tight pack are you with a couple people what's that looking like and then yeah let's start yeah um for me, I didn't ex- I was actually like pretty much alone when I hit the roller coasters. Like I had a decent lead. I had no idea like that I had uh, a sizable lead. I kind of I knew I was in first obviously. I didn't know how far away second and third place were. So like when I hit those roller coasters, I was kind of like I was like, "All right, here we go. Like this is where the race will be won or lost because whoever handles these best is probably going to win the race." I didn't know that like I probably had it at that point with like a K to go. Um, but that was still like a very pivotal point of the race for me. Cause like just, just preparing for something like that, when you get there, you're able to kind of lock in a little bit more and like close out the race. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Dude, yeah. machine, you had it in the bag with a K to go, dude. That's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. How did you feel about your time there? I know it's a hard course. Did you like, did you, I mean, you won. So obviously that's great. Yeah. Did you, did you feel good about your time too? Yeah, no, I uh, I think I was fifteen fifty eight, um, and it's like a pretty cool thing to break sixteen on that course. It's like nice. It's pretty difficult to do, um, so I was really really happy. Like obviously, I I could have ran sixteen twelve if I won. I would have been 
you know, so, so happy just because it was such a long-term goal. But, like, being able to break 16, I think, was pretty cool, you know, just coming through and seeing the 15-something on the clock, it, it looks pretty cool, you know. Like, it, it was – that was definitely in the back of my head a goal that I had. Yeah, that's awesome. And then um, I was looking back at photos. It was it – was, was it snowing that day? Yeah, yeah. So right before the race, it started, like, just, like, dumping snow – um, and that was really cool. Like I was doing my drills and stuff and just snow was coming down. Dom looked so legendary and all his Sherwood gear. It was my last race. I didn't know it, but it was my last race in a Sherwood uniform because of the pandemic. Um, so that was like a crazy feeling. I had a bunch of my non running friends who drove up to watch me. And I was like talking to them before the race with the snow coming down and that was just like kind of a cool moment, I guess. It actually stopped snowing when the race started, which was kind of nice because I think it's a little bit easier to run in like drier conditions, obviously. Oh, wait, so that's crazy. Hey, that's yeah. Wisconsin for you too, right? Yeah, and exactly. So, I mean, crazy what, weather. Wait, what day is state? Um, so I think I think it was like November 1st last year. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Dude, that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. Um Luke, so Alex is a lot more versed when it comes to the uh, cross country, especially mm. on the high school level. I, uh-huh. I grew up in Greece and I went to high school in Greece myself. We didn't have cross country. Actually, I think I tried for something very similar and I was always the guy that would sit on the side and say, I can't do this. And my, yeah, my yeah, sides yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I kudos to you. And then to make it all the way to state and win, it's a huge accomplishment. Congratulations. My, my question you. is, how, how often is it that somebody from a Division II school uh, makes it over to, like, to be a state champ? Is that a common thing? Yeah, so there's, there's um, they, they do break the, uh, the state races. So there's a Division I championship, a Division II championship, and a Division Three championship. So there are three races, and there's, I think, 15 schools per race, so about 200 athletes per race. So I won the Division Two championship. Someone else won Division One, the Division One championship, and someone else won the Division Three championship. So I would have been, I think. So like one of the other things that I that I got from that season was first team All State, and I think that means like I was top seven across all divisions, if that makes sense. So like if you combine all of the the divisions into like one team of seven runners, uh, I got to be a part of that, which was a super cool honor. Okay, well, that was my that was my next question because college is a little bit different, right? You get yeah. chosen to go to a certain school. And if you live in Whitefish Bay, you're gonna end up going to Whitefish Bay School, and it's not like I presume nobody recruited you to to track at yeah. Whitefish at uh, at uh, at Shorewood, Shorewood. I'm sorry. Yeah. So nobody nobody recruited you from Shorewood to be on cross country team. Yeah. So how is that? So that sounds like they they try to make it a little more fair by having events like that where yeah. they merge everybody and and be together so um happy to hear that my mm-hmm. other question again i'm coming from a, a world of no cross country and one thing that i've noticed in the states and i noticed in, in my college i went to beloit college who they do a good job with with their cross country i'm not sure what division they are but i know that the guys were very fast no uh-huh. for my standards um yeah but for sure um one one thing that i always noticed and i and i've seen a pattern is that cross-country people cross-country students whether it's college or high school they tend to be much better students than most other athletes yeah is that is that a valid um pattern that i've noticed and is that yeah. something you you yeah. have seen yeah that's funny i think I think that's very true. Um, I think cross country runners kind of get like a, the stereotype is kind of nerdy, kind of dorky, um, smart kids. Um, I think that's definitely true. That was true at Shorewood. We had a lot of, a lot of really smart kids, like kids that were, you know, a little weird in a good way. And that helped us kind of like build a cool team environment. But I think that's kind of how cross country is. I couldn't tell you why like cross country kids are one way and then kids who just do track or another way. Um, but I think that is a correct observation. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about it. I, 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 I there's no easy answer. It's not like yeah. we're trying to create a hypo- hypothesis here and we're going to investigate it scientifically. But Alex, what do you, what do you think? Why, why do you think that 
I have a few hypotheses I can make, but why do you think that hmm. cross-country runners are, are better students than all other athletes at schools? I don't know. I want to hear your hypothesis here. I think I think it's just running. Okay, my, my funny hypotheses that, that I will tell people is that if you are able to go out there and run for miles and miles, um, and, and which is a boring thing, right? It's it can be boring. Yeah, yeah uh, for sure. Anything will be interesting, and you're like, oh, cool math. I'll do that. That's super <laughs> cool. It's much more mm-hmm. fun and much more interesting than uh, anything else. Uh, it, is it much more interesting than than running? That's my funny hypothesis, but I think it's it speaks to the uh, to the effect that running has in somebody's brain, and it, and the, you know, whether it's the uh, the runner's high that we call it, or if it's other things that are being triggered in your mind, and it's the constant the constant goal setting of like I'm gonna run until that tree, I'm gonna beat that record, I'm that makes you be that person that I'm going to finish this chapter in this book. I'm going to, I'm going to solve this math problem. I'm going to, so there's something there and I'm, I've always been interested in it. And I, I apply it in my own life. Alex applies it to his life. He's a go-getter because he runs, uh, you know, part of his go-getter attitude is because he runs and, and I can see that in you too. You know, we're talking with you, you're what, 19 years old. Yeah. 19 you you sound like you're a lot older like your your <laughs> yeah. head is there your brain is there so like you're focused so mm-hmm. anyway any hypothesis from you alex or or luke i it's 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 running's mental you have to be mentally strong right it's it's a pretty solo thing to do so i think you know if even if you're in high school or in middle school and you and you get the bug for running like i think maybe i would say maybe something along those lines those things connect I don't know. You have anything to add to that, Lucas? Yeah, I would say that I think it's kind of has to do with, um, I think, yeah, I think that you like are dedicated in a way to something. And I think that that translates to like whatever your academic interests are pretty well. So like, obviously like a lot of times there's like the, the archetype of like a running nerd, you know, who knows a lot about like all the records and all the famous runners and all that. I think people kind of who are good runners and who like running kind of have that personality where they're curious about things. Um, and they are dedicated to something. If they, they're going to put their mind, if they put their mind to something, it's going to get done. I think that's like a big part of it as well. I love it. I love the mental fortitude of runners. It's great. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Hey, you can be a nerd. You can be cool. You can be a You can label yourself, whatever you want in the running world. So yeah, we're here, yeah, we're here definitely. to maybe, Make it make it cool. I think I'm cool, mm-hmm. so that's what I'm bringing. <laughs> Anyways, so dude, you you win state, which is incredible, and then we'll kind of jump ahead. Obviously, spring of last year, you're supposed to be in track. That didn't happen because mm-hmm. of the pandemic. So at this point, I'm assuming you're deciding you where you want to go to college, and yeah. uh, all this stuff's unfolding. What was that like for you? And like, how did you handle it? Yeah. Um, so. I actually got to do one track meet in the spring of 2020. It was like an invite uh, in Michigan and it was a two mile, an indoor race. Um, So I did that. I ran a PR. I was super stoked. And then like two weeks later, we're out of school because of the pandemic. So I was like, and my initial thought and like my coaches initial thought was like, all right, a month off of school or whatever it's going to be. And then I'm going to come back and this will be a good training block. You know, I don't, I don't have as much school to worry about. I can get some good training in and then we'll be back for the championship season in the spring. So that was kind of what my thought process was. Luckily I had already committed. I, I, um, I, in the fall, I knew I was going to Pomona college, which is in LA. Um, and they race as Pomona Pitzer and they were actually a division three national champs in cross country, um, in 2019. So they're super good. I was stoked to go there. Um, but obviously that didn't materialize either with, the with the pandemic continuing through the fall. So, and then, so it's kind of crazy. Cause you said you're, you're ra- your race this weekend and at Liberty college, yeah. which is, you yeah. know, you're talking about North Carolina, but you're going to school yeah. on the West coast. I assume everything's virtual. So how did you end up, how did you end up in North Carolina in Nashville, Asheville? Yeah, Asheville. Um, 
So in the fall, I went to Bend, Oregon with some of my teammates. One of my teammates lived out there and he was like, this is a great place to train. It's super fun. It's like a great outdoors location. So we were like, why not? Let's go to Bend, Oregon. Um, and, you know, some of the good Oregon, uh, really good pro teams out there, they train out there. There's great dirt roads. It's, it's high elevation. So that was really fun. Um, and then we got and then obviously we were like, OK, we're definitely going to be out in uh, at Pomona in the in the fall or in the spring. Like it's got to be. But um, we learned like in December and by then we kind of knew that like things were really bad with the pandemic and like any college that wasn't already open wasn't probably going to open with the amount of cases that were going on. So then we had to think of a new place to to live. And a couple things went uh, into consideration when we chose Asheville. The first being like it's a little bit warmer than a place like Wisconsin or even <laughs> Oregon in in yeah. the in the winter. So like in January and February, we didn't want to be running in the negative six degree weather that's in Wisconsin right now. Um, so we picked North Carolina. It's like pretty solid training weather. So it's in like the 40s and 50s in the in the end of uh, winter and then 60s in the spring. Really nice training weather. And then the other couple considerations were there were races happening on the East Coast um, in the South, like in North Carolina and stuff. And we really wanted to race. We were missing that feeling of racing. And then lastly, our school is virtual and it's on the West Coast. So the time zone difference is actually super nice. So if I have a 9 a.m. class that is technically in L.A. or wherever, then it's 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 at noon if I'm living in North Carolina. So we kind of thought about that. And now we can like train in the morning without worrying about class and then, you know, get back, shower and then be ready to go for for class. So I guess like it was a pretty, pretty thought out decision. Like now that I'm now that I'm speaking it out loud, <laughs> dude, that is I mean, that is. A super cool, like that sounds super cool. Like looking back at it, it probably sounds super cool, but like in the midst of like, hey, school's virtual, we're literally not going to be running on campus like we normally would. Yeah. Where can we go? I mean, it's almost like, I don't know, that sounds fun. Like, hey, let's get these guys and let's go do this and let's go live in a house. It sounds crazy yeah. fun. Yeah. It was like, super fun. It was super. New. It was just. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just wanted to hear your feedback on it. Yeah. I would say it was like, I don't know. Like I had never lived, like I lived at my parents' house, obviously all of high school. And it's almost like you kind of skip over like the, we skipped over the dorm phase, at least for this year and just went straight to a house with a lot of guys. Some ways <laughs> that was really fun. Cause I feel like you kind of, you have more responsibilities like cooking food and, and like getting groceries and just taking care of a house kind of prepare. I think it's going to prepare me well for like post-college. So that's another plus. <laughs> that is a plus. I, <laughs> So how is it living with a bunch of guys? You're supposed to be in the dorms. You're here to train, but you're a bunch of guys living in their house for the first time. I assume you guys were happy. It, it was. It's like it's been a lot of fun. Probably yeah. challenging because if you got to wake up and train, you're like, this is crazy. It's all new. Yeah, today. yeah. It's been really fun. Um, I think like it's been it's been like really great training and like we're all super motivated and like we motivate each other you know which is like which is great um it's definitely like in the fall it was a little weirder because i was living on my own for the first time it felt weird to you know not have like i was just in charge of myself and all that um and now i've kind of gotten more into a rhythm this spring i'm able to do get my classwork done get my training done and still have some time to just hang out with the guys which is really what you live for you know just hanging out Heck yes. yeah. This sounds this sounds like you guys needed to have like a house vlog to like show like what yeah. training is like and what NCAA training's like amidst the pandemic. Like yeah. dudes are living in Asheville, going to school on the West Coast, training all morning, going to school. I mean, it, it sounds pretty it sounds pretty cool. I know it's probably yeah. it has its ups and downs, but so Definitely. let's talk about your coach once. Um uh Jordan Carpenter. He's actually he's your coach, right? Is that yes. correct? Yeah, Jordan's my coach. Okay, so he's an Oshkosh alumni, and he's an all-American steeplechaser, which is like is. just bringing the connections back to Wisconsin. Uh, yeah. That's super cool. So was part of you going out there, like Jordan at all, or how did you kind of pick college, yeah. pick your college? Was it him at all? Yeah, I mean, he, I mean Jordan's a great guy, and I, I, how I found Pomona was that I, um, I knew like I had finished up in high school and I, I knew I wanted to run in college, but I wasn't like 
quite good enough um, to like be looking at a school like University of Wisconsin. I wasn't quite good enough at running. So I was like, okay, what smaller schools that still have really good programs and good academics like would be a good fit for me. So I was looking at like the top division three NCAA teams um, like Williams College out in Massachusetts, Pomona, which is out in L.A., um, Washington University of St. Louis, places like that. And I, I, I looked at Pomona. I was like, okay, that's in L.A. Like that sounds pretty cool. So I, I reached out to Jordan. I, I definitely utilized the Wisconsin connection there a little bit. I was like, hey, I'm from Wisconsin too. He, he actually said, look, one of the first things he said to me was like, I've always wanted to get a guy from Wisconsin out in California. So that was kind of a cool connection. He, he's actually from Ashwaubenon out by Green Bay. So nice. he didn't only go to school. That uh, He actually was raised in Wisconsin as well. So fellow Wisconsinite. Dude, it's super cool. That's even better. Yeah. The best kind of person. <laughs> Wisconsinite through and through. I love it. So yeah. that's awesome. So I'm assuming he's, is he coaching you guys and telling you, like you guys are following like his, his program and the school's program or you guys doing your own thing? No. Yeah. He's coaching us. So, uh, yeah, they're allowing us to be coached virtually by, uh, by, uh, each coach. And like, we get like our training in kind of like a, in like an app on a website on our phone for the week, every week it updates. And then we usually talk to him on the phone and he like plans out all our workouts, uh, plans our long runs, stuff like that. And it's been going really well so far. It's it's kind of weird to be coached by someone that like I've only met Jordan in person twice, uh, like when I was visiting the school. So it's kind of weird to like just be coached by someone you've barely met. But like I feel like I know him really well and he knows me definitely as a runner now because he's been coaching me for almost six months now. Or yeah, over six months now because he started coaching me at the beginning of summer in 2020. So yeah, that's, there's a lot of trust there. Yeah, that's super cool. But that's also like anyone listening to this can can understand that whether you started a new job or you've like, you know, you meet, you've meet people only a couple times and you have these relationships with them. So like that's super cool that you guys have been able to build that rapport and be able to obviously train. And I mean, you're kicking butt, dude, if you just want to race like two days ago. So yeah, that's super yeah. awesome. Um, so speaking of, okay, so that's cool with Jordan. And then obviously how training and everything. So how, how has that been taking the leap from, you know, training in high school to now, you know, training, training this year, has it been like a big increase for you, whether that's mileage wise or the workout, or mm-hmm. is it kind of just like, you know, another chunk up section up from how you were training like previously? Yeah, I'd say I was like a relatively high mileage runner in high school. I like, I got up, like I wasn't running consistently at this, at this weekly mileage, but I got up to 60 miles a week, I think was my peak senior year, which I think is like on the higher end of most of the guys who are my level in high school. I would usually run around 45 to 50. So 60 was like my peak in the off season or whatever. But um, now I run like around 70 miles a week and I peaked at 75. So it's definitely a lot more mileage, but it's not like, I don't know. It felt like a natural increase and I had a lot of time to like ease into it. The hard, the more bigger transition was like the workouts, like the workouts are definitely a lot harder, like just doing longer tempos, harder track sessions. And Dom's, Dom's actually not going to like that. I said that his workouts aren't as hard, but um, (laughs) there's definitely a little bit of a difference between like the intensity of the workouts. They're not like much longer or anything like that, but there Mm -hmm. is a little bit of a ramp up in it of intensity where you, you feel it the next day, you know, on your easy run, you're, you're feeling a little bit sluggish, I'd say. Yeah. Well, you're in a different playing field now, right? Everyone on your team is is there for a reason, and you're there to compete. It's it's different than yeah. high school. So that's, dude, that's cool, man. You're crushing it, seventy miles a week. Like that's awesome yeah. for a freshman. You're yeah. you're rocking it. So what 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 do you think the future looks like here? Are you, like, I don't know. You're kind of in the race scene right now. Are things going to stay like this for a while? Or you think like yeah. next year things will go back? You'll be at school. You have any thoughts? Yeah, on that? yeah. So right now short-term goal is just to keep running fast and keep building race experience. Uh, I'd love to run like close to 1430 in the 5k outdoors. Uh, that would be, that would be incredible. And then I'm really hoping, I think if the, I mean, I've, I've been wrong a lot with the pandemic trying to make predictions, <laughs> but I feel like things are getting better with the vaccine being distributed. And I'm feeling like we should be back competing in the fall. So I've got like a lot of goals for my college career um, but the main one is like winning multiple, uh, 
Division Three national titles with my teammates in cross since we won the last one before the pandemic hit. So we want to get back out there competing. And then I know I've got like some some individual time goals on the track, but I'm really just excited to like get on campus, train every day with my coach there, taking splits with a stopwatch and and meet all the older guys on the team that I haven't met yet. That's like the most exciting part, I guess. Yeah, dude, that sounds awesome. And it's it's just around the corner. Let's hope. I've been wrong saying things as well. But I mean, if you guys yeah. are training this hard and doing this well now, I think it's going to be awesome when you get back together. You know, yeah, can actually be in person and doing it. Um, cool. This has been great. Before we go, we have to do our Cream City Pacers rapid fire questions. Are you ready for these? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. What is your favorite route to run in Milwaukee? Okay. Definitely um, Lakefront South down Lincoln Memorial. And then like kind of around the Summerfest grounds and then back up down Prospect Avenue uh, back to Lake Park. That's like my bread and butter uh, longer run route. I just love running the lakefront in the winter. It's beautiful with all the ice in the summer. I mean, everyone loves the lakefront in the summer with the beaches. It's a great, great route. You can't go wrong with the lakefront, though. I know yeah. you're not here right now. Like I think today was the high was negative six, feels like negative twenty. So uh, I yeah. try to avoid the lake. <laughs> I tried to avoid the lakefront on today's run, but uh, I love yeah. it. Okay, if you could bring one person to Milwaukee to run with you, who would it be? Hmm. And not right now. Not in this weather. You, yeah. Don't try. Yeah, I I don't I don't I don't know if this counts for bringing him to Milwaukee, but I'd love to go for a run with Giannis Antetokounmpo in Milwaukee, even though okay. he technically lives there. Yeah. I like- hey, you, you have an in now. You have an in. First of all, Alex, you can see in, in his, in Alex's background, he used to work for the Bucks. So, and then, and then he's Greek. So we're all Greeks. We're, we're, we know each other, right? So we'll, yeah, yeah, for we'll sure. get Giannis to run with you. <laughs> I like how like you and I incredible. have never... You have never, we have never got him to run with us, but you're like promising that we'll get him to run with Lucas. So that's really, we're really holding up our end of the bargain here. We got to figure it out. That's probably the funnest answer of usually people don't think local. Like it's like, who could I, I like that. That would be a fun, that would be fun to bring Giannis on a run because he would, you know, he would be all about like the selfie game and like taking photos on the run. So that would be sweet. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I feel like he's like an incredible athlete, but like, Running's my thing, so I know Giannis could hang in with me on a run. I know he could, but I think I've got him. Like if we have to pick up the pace, so that's another benefit of the, of that of that run. That w- <laughs> yeah, that would be sweet. That's like the one cool thing with runners, you know. And then you bring in like a professional athlete. Is they're in insane shape, but like if you guys had a race in a five k, you would probably drop him pretty. Quick. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that's true. I think that's true. We'll see though. Maybe we'll have to give that a try sometime. Okay. That's, that's our goal. We'll try to figure out like a race here and then we'll try to get him to show up and then we can, we can all go on a run. So, okay, cool. What is your favorite pre-race pump up song? Oh, wow. Um, there's a couple. One is definitely wow by Beck. That's like a kind of like a dance electronic song. That's kind of, kind of hyped. And then another one is called uh, put on by Kanye and Jeezy kind of like a throwback like mid 2000s Kanye hype song so that's one I've been listening to since I was like 12 those are probably my two go-to yeah (laughs) nice those are both solid tracks I love those both different Mm -hmm. genres too okay Abacilla you want to take the next couple yeah Uh, are there any books you would recommend any running books or any books that help you run better or have helped you run better yeah yeah um one is uh once a runner uh, which is, uh, I think it's by John L. Parker, but it's, it's a novel actually about like a collegiate runner. And that was like, that's been like one of my favorite, uh, books. I, I that was my senior quote is actually from that book. Um, there's a lot of good nuggets of wisdom, uh, in that, in that book. So I definitely check that out if you haven't yet. Nice. Thank you. <laughs> that and- is one of my favorite, sorry, obviously I just want to chime in that. It's like one of my favorite running books. Someone rec, someone recommended it to me is so good. It's so well written. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, as like you went through it, you're in high school, you're in college, you can probably relate to it more, but like, it's so cool just like to read the workouts and how they do it, did everything. It was pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. Now I know you guys, uh, cross country typically you're pretty minimalist right you wear those short shorts maybe yep. topless in the in the summer uh but yeah. do you have any gear any gear that you like 
What's your favorite piece of gear? Hmm. I'd say my favorite piece of gear is my Garmin 245 with music because I love running with my teammates, but when I have to run alone, it's super nice to be able to like play music directly from my watch to my headphones without like having to carry my phone. That's a super nice thing to have for when like you have to go on a solo run. Are you, are you using AirPods? I, yeah, I know you're I, so it's right super, off. like you said, super minimalist. Just the it's AirPods, the watch, <laughs> and short shorts just out there grinding in the sun. So. Dude, uh, that's, that's going to be my summer 2021 look. AirPods, yeah. Garmin two, uh, 425, and my bleached hair. Yeah. You'll find me on the Oak Leaf Trail, everybody. Yeah, Not we'll run by <laughs> each other being like, wait a minute. We look kind of alike right now. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. All right. And then our our last question, what is one piece of advice you want to give to new runners? Yeah. um, I would say... Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say maybe someone like in high school who's just starting to run. Okay. I would say just this is this is like a one you'll get a lot but i i truly believe that it is like the most important piece of running advice i think you guys will probably agree with me it's just stay consistent like even if you're not hammering it every day even if you um you know are taking some days easy if you just if you just run consistently get out there every day run a couple miles especially in the off season that's going to make you so much better when it's time to race and i think like building a routine, getting out the door every day. That's huge just for like building your confidence as a runner. So I'd say like, instead of like maybe going out twice a week and just trying to run fast, like get out every day, just do a couple miles. And and that'll really, that'll really help you in the long term. That's good advice for any runner, not just, yeah, not just new runners. Yeah. For any runners, maybe if you're in a rut and you need to get out of your running rut and start running again, a couple miles a day. Man, it kind yeah. of comes back. I love it. Lucas, this has been awesome. You're great, and uh, you rocked it, and we hope for continued success in your uh, cross-country career and yeah. track career in the coming years. So thanks, dude. Th- thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. It was really fun. Are there any? Is there anywhere where people can keep up with what you're doing? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I do. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram. It's just my name, uh, Lucas Florsheim. Um, I usually post some stuff from my races and just general stuff about how me and my teammates are living. So if you want to check that out for sure, it. I missed that question, obviously. And the best part about it is if you look at Lucas's recent posts, he's rocking this awesome Milwaukee flag singlet. So, uh, that's probably one of the cooler things I've seen in a race. Yeah. Is, that's a great is that kit. The week's that's a great kit. Is that the week's, uh, this, this episode's picture? It sounds like it should be. Yeah, we're going to do it. I'm going to need you to send me that photo. (laughs) I got nothing more cream city than that. Yeah. All right. I love it, man. Well, uh, this was great talking to you and, uh, keep it up. All right. Thanks guys. Lucas, if you're listening, thanks for being on the show, man. That was awesome. Abbasoli, what a conversation. He talks like he's more mature than both of us combined. He's He's got his head on straight. And he's crushing it it too. Just talk about like, you know, being persistent. I mean, his thing, his takeaway, he just said is consistency, consistency, consistency. And you have to find that. And uh, it's, it's awesome. Yeah, he's on it. Dude, and crushing it too. Just dominated his race this weekend. Or last weekend, I should say, at this point. I love it. I love it. Good takeaways. The good old days of uh, being a youth, Alex. We're way past that. We can't do that anymore. You can't. You you might be able to dye your hair. Uh, you know, you ask Christina if you can bleach your hair. You, and of course she said no. But she won't even let you do that, and obviously she shouldn't. That's a good call on Christina. Uh, but 
you know, he's Lucas and his friends. They're seizing the moment. They're seizing the day and the opportunity that they have to be kids and and have a good time and also go out there and train hard and try for their academics. Like that's a that's a life fully lived right now. And, I, and during these COVID times, it's hard to do that. And usually, when people do these things, you know, when they're having too much fun, it's at the expense of other people. But it sounds like they're they're not. They're just social socially distancing with their own roommates and having a good time and going out there and running. It's safe. They're far away from their families. They're they're not gonna affect their grandparents. It's smart. It's it's responsible fun. <laughs> Oh yeah, responsible fun. I like that's what we get out of that. That's I like that. So speaking of being in a house with a bunch of people, I'm reading Alexi Pappas's book, uh, Bravey, and she Bravey, talks future, about future guest. She talks about how after she was done for the Olympic, like her first first goal at the Olympics. I'm not done with the book. She went up to Mammoth Mammoth Lakes and like lived with like eight guys. And I immediately I I listened to that part of that chapter like after we. Uh, talked to Lucas and it was just really funny because it was like like the exact opposite like I just picture her being with a bunch like with eight guys and then like Lucas with all his guys and they're all bleached hair and Alexi's just like what's going on here <laughs> everyone needs to stop <laughs> bleaching their hair <laughs> uh, anyways how is that book by the way what do you think uh, of the book yeah it's really good if anyone's reading it you guys would probably feel the same but um, I don't know if you know her backstory at all um, but like her mother Just a little bit took her own life because she like she was like, clinically depressed and um, basically Alexi walks us through like her growing up as a girl um, and what what that entailed with like running and going through puberty and everything but also she talks about going to the Olympics and training for it and then she actually became depressed after the Olympics I'm not done with the book I'm like halfway through so right now it's like her road to recovery wow. and how she was doing the wrong things before she started doing the right things. Um, and just like a lot of perspective where it was just like, she's very, a very beautiful writer and she's like a poet and she flow sentences together so well, but just things like, you know, when you see an Olympic athlete, they're just as lost as you are. <laughs> it's just like, you have to remember we're all just people going through the same struggles, but some of us are just at different statuses in life. Uh, that like what a culture puts on uh, puts on us first of all i had no idea about her mother's uh, suicide that is that is horrible i've seen pictures of her mother on her instagram page um seemed like such a happy happy family so sad to hear that it was uh, yeah it, not, it's, it's not she... the case for the mother uh, i mean i'm sure the it's not like on Alexis that her mother, of course, like was not happy with with the family. That's not what I'm trying to say, but it's it's just so hard sometimes to know what somebody's going through. That's what I'm trying to get to. But do you want to say something on that? You were gonna say something. I interrupted. Oh no! I, yeah, you hit it on the head. I, she it, she does a really good job of writing the book through her how she was feeling during these times. So it's like you have an understanding of her process of grieving with it and where she's at today in terms of her mother and how she views her and everything. And, you know, it's 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 beautiful. But like to get to a spot like that, you have to go through some hard times. And I think whether that's an emotional process with with that, with like your mother or it's, you know, trying to come to terms with a goal or whatever it may be. So, no, it's a great book. Highly recommend it. And I don't know how many people know. I don't know if people know much about Alexia. Uh, Ale- uh, I like to say Alexia because that's her Greek name. That's what we Greeks call her because she she's an Olympian through the Greek national team, right? So, um, so she's an Olympian. She is a movie director, writer, right, and actor. So she she wrote, directed, and acted in her own movies. Uh, which is pretty, pretty insane. Uh, and from what I understand, they're pretty good movies. Nick Kroll is in one of them, so it's fairly, fairly, you know, decently budgeted movie. Um, and actually, it was shot. One of her movies was shot in the Olympic Village, not Summer Olympics, but Winter Olympics. So she was, uh, she falls in love with somebody within the the park, within the Olympic Village, right? 
uh, but she's also a writer now, an artist in general. What a good for her, good for her, <laughs> and good, good, good for the fact that she's sharing. You know, she's doing all the things she loves, and she shares her story. She, it's kind of like Brene Brown, right? She, it's all about sharing your struggles and being open about it, and not being mystical about that. It's super, super important, especially for your fans to see that, oh, this is a real person. I have similar struggles. I could be like this person for real. Otherwise, you see them as superhuman. It's nice to know that they're not superhuman. They're just like normal people. And they, 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 yeah, some of them have innate talents. They're born with better whatever in their body, VO2 max. But some people just overcame their their limitations through pure grit right let's talk about like grit. alex dude you, like you man look at you what she does she say a, about grit she has a great quote well i'll end it on this it's you know you get nervous about something that's like you're about to have a let's say you're about to race right you get nervous for something like that or for a track workout for the day you get nervous for it. and just remember that uh nervous nervousness is cousin to excitement cousin is excitement to gratitude so if you're nervous you know it's going to lead you to excitement which is going to lead you to be have be grateful for something afterwards so you know the process is coming and you just have to embrace it nice well be grit be grateful too <laughs> it's grit week, grit week here on the Cream City Pacers podcast. All right, everybody, thanks for a wonderful episode, Apostoli. It's always great hanging out with you, Lucas. Thanks again, always. and everyone. Until next Friday, keep on running.